0: Hello, Canada. Today's date is November 27th, 2022. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's Issues in Under an Hour. It is Tony in Saskatchewan.
1: And Louis out here in BC.
0: How are you, my man?
1: Well, we just got a fresh dump of snow last night, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's... Winters here a little early where I live. It usually doesn't hit this early. Like, we've had snow for, oh, since the beginning of the month. And that's very early for us. Uh, so the ski hills all said they're opening a week or two early this year. So, yeah. Yeah. But we're doing well. Yeah.
0: How about you? Oh, well, not bad. Not bad. It's been actually been unseasonably warm here all week so uh snow is melting it's been above zero we've actually had uh temperatures on par with vancouver for most of the week so that's pretty awesome
1: yeah well i know back east they're uh, experiencing warmer than normal they're like 15 15 to 20 degrees i guess this past week in toronto
0: well great for them so, <coughs> so Anyway, before we get started, I f- just feel like I got to summarize it. I talked about it a bit in my rant a couple of days ago, but holy crap, what a Grey Cup game that was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that's one I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry I missed uh, because uh, it was pretty wild on TV. Anyway, I just wish I'd gone live now.
0: Yeah, well, and, uh, and we'll actually touch on, on that uh, shortly here because, well, you could have by the number of empty seats, but as far as the game itself went, I I went into the game thinking I was probably going to cheer for nobody. I mean, we had said go Bombers, and then when I got there, I was still kind of on the fence because a lot of the riders, season ticket holders that were there were just like, meh, maybe we'll cheer for Winnipeg or both of them were going to cheer for Toronto, and then uh, the older couple I was sitting beside, the guy was just like, well, oh, I'm not cheering for any- for I'll cheer for anybody but Winnipeg." And then uh, there were some Bombers fans around me, and then finally it was I was just my ambivalence went away when Toronto started to turn it on a little bit in the third quarter, and yeah, I couldn't help but but uh, but cheer for Toronto. And and as you had texted to me, that was the most exciting fourth quarter of football that. I've ever seen
1: yeah that was that was the craziest quarter of football I've ever seen I mean if you didn't watch it I mean you must have heard about it by now I mean there was a punt return or no sorry a missed field goal wasn't it yeah. um, that was run back for a touchdown there were two blocked field goal attempts one by each team there was a sack that would have ended the game had it not been for a face masking penalty. Uh, it was just, it was complete insanity. There was an interception um, by uh, uh, by Hinock uh, yeah. Um There was, it was, it was wild. And then, have you ever seen a more grateful? Uh, MVP winner than Hinock Mwambo. (laughs) That guy, that guy was, he, I have never seen a guy cry like that receiving the MVP and the most outstanding Canadian because he is a Canadian. Um, It was, it was wild. It was so wild. And, and I got to be honest by the, by the end, by that, by the, you know by the end of the game i was i was cheering for toronto and, and i was on here saying uh, anybody but toronto and uh, okay. <laughs> but but uh guys like like keonak moambo and uh uh and that i mean the story was just crazy i mean the the the, the backup quarterback comes off the bench because of the, an injury to the to the to the starting quarterback for Toronto, and he played like a starter. Um, it was just it was just a great story. Never mind, just a great game.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it was. And uh, you had pointed out because you were watching on TV how the TV cameras deliberately stayed away from the stands, and good that they did because there were literally thousands of empty seats that have been paid for because the game was a sellout. But, you know, lots of uh, probably Rough Riders season ticket holders just said, nah, not going.
1: Yeah, and on that note, shame on you, Saskatchewan. Yep. Shame on you. I mean, this is only the fourth time in CFL history that the Grey Cup has been held in Regina and you guys couldn't even bother to show up.
0: Well, especially on such a nice day, it was like minus two degrees at uh, at kickoff. It would uh, the hive had hit zero early in the afternoon. So, the, by prairie standards, at the end of November, that was an absolutely tropical day. There's no reason people couldn't have showed up for that game. Heck, you and I went to a game in Edmonton where it was minus twenty.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was 2002. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I I'm sorry, but. That was shameful on Ryder fans' uh, behalf. I mean, here we here we all thought in Canada that the best football fans in the country are are Ryder's fans, and it turns out they're just the best. They're just the best team fans. They're not they're not the best football fans. They're the best fans of their own team. Um, because i mean that was that was absolutely shameful i mean you and i have been to, to a number of Grey cups i have never seen that
0: many empty seats no that's actually a good way to put it they're best team fans but not necessarily football fans that's that's an excellent way to put it i mean uh, the morning of the game there was still a crap ton of tickets for sale on like facebook marketplace and other places trying to unload their their seats and uh there really isn't an excuse for it. Cause like I say, it was a beautiful day. It wasn't windy. It was, uh, it was fantastic that way, but I yeah. have to uh, really scratch my head at the, I guess it would be the security staff. When I, I walked out of the, the gate at the end of the game, I could have made a quick right turn and the parking lot was about 300 yards ahead of me. But when I got out of there, they had that all fenced off and a security officer standing there made us go all the way around the building to get to the parking lot. And so then, of course, going around the building, that's where the buses were parked. So it was it was it was like finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, trying to get through this crowd just so I could get out to the parking lot. It was absolute insanity.
1: Wow. Yeah, no, but uh, and I, I, you know what? I honestly think that this is going to hamper re- like Saskatchewan's chances of ever hosting the Grey Cup again, um, because uh, because it did not look good on TV. It did not look good.
0: Yeah, well, all the seats where I was at, the row behind us had was probably half the seats were empty. But looking straight across the field, I like was in the thirty-yard line, and the two sections i guess would be closer to the end zone uh straight across from me there was more empty seats than full ones so that was uh that was bad
1: yeah i mean yeah it's great that it was sold out but it it, i just it's just shocking how you know regina rarely ever gets this chance and they completely blew it i mean it uh the thing with the uh the thing, the thing is, is like I've I've been to game I've been to Grey Cup in Vancouver, which is the place you would expect there to be empty seats, and it was jam packed. Um, we've been to a couple of games in Edmonton, and it's been jam packed. Calgary jam packed. I fully expect next year in Hamilton will be jam packed. I mean, it's I I don't I mean I understand how. Regina is really difficult to get out of towners to make it to the game because there are not enough hotels in Regina for a Grey Cup game I mean you and I know that because I you know back in 2020 when it was originally supposed to be held there um, we couldn't even get hotel rooms and that was going to prevent us from even going if it weren't for the fact that you know you have a relative in Regina that we could have stayed with um but uh but yeah I mean like Regina is already a very difficult city to to find a hotel room in for Grey Cup because there aren't enough and um but but Regina is supposed to have the best football fans in the country and we found out that that's just not true
0: yeah exactly so um it was a great party but yeah the game they uh and for such an exciting game i bet you there's lots of fans that are kicking themselves now but yeah they deserve it yes all right so anyway we've got a good show for you today canada on the show today censorship full steam ahead looks like the liberals want your guns danielle smith stands for ground Trudeau lies under oath and more where do you want to go sir
1: well let's start with the the gun ban here I mean I've already I've already done a rant on it so it shouldn't take too long um if you really want to know my feelings on this go listen to my rant uh it's I I I really can't bring myself to really get into it again because it was emotionally draining the first time uh like we're i'm a firearms owner tony's a firearms owner um and this ban affects both of us i mean i believe tony you don't have any guns that are legal anymore
0: (laughs) i do i actually do have let me see uh I gotta go through my little Rolodex here. I have two. I have oh, yeah, one two. Okay. That's, a, that's a breakneck, and my my pump action shotgun doesn't have a magazine capacity. So,
1: oh right, okay. So, and myself, it affects me because one of my one of my uh, shotguns is now on the banned list. Um, but I mean, like, don't 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 kid yourselves out there. If if you don't have any semi-automatic rifles or shotguns. Don't worry, the next round of of bans is probably going to include lever actions and and bolt actions of some kind. Uh, They'll probably quantify it by saying bolt actions with detachable magazines. Um, And then the next ban after that will be sniper rifles, which is, all things bolt action <laughs> yeah because they like to they like to uh give names to things that don't exist and um <laughs> um but yeah i mean this they they are banning things at record speed at this moment i mean it's like it's it's just it's shocking to me how fast this is happening and how little outcry there is from hunters because your guns are next like this semi-automatic rifle and shotgun band does affect a lot of hunters because there's a lot of hunters with semi-automatic shotguns and semi-automatic uh, rifles um, because there are semi-automatic hunting rifles and there are semi-automatic uh, you know guns for for uh, hunting ducks and stuff um so don't kid yourself, like this this ban is, is pretty serious and it's, it's actually going to be affecting um, a lot more people than I think the, uh, the liberals thought. Um, there's going to be, I mean, and like I said, if you think, oh, thank God, uh, my guns aren't, aren't being covered in this ban, well, guess what they will be the next one the next one will come after guns you own and that's why you know you need to stick up for those being affected by these bands because it's it's like if you ignore these bands they're just going to come for you next and when they're and once they're done with guns they're coming after other things and I and I think and I really truly believe that they're going to be coming after personal ownership of vehicles at some point. Not in the next year, but eventually they're coming after personal ownership of vehicles. And I think eventually they'll be coming after. I mean, eventually, like way down the road, I think they'll be coming after personal ownership of homes. Um, because and the, and it'll be under the guise of. Uh, the housing crisis that they, that they have to, um, it has to be government ownership of houses and everything to solve the, the housing crisis in our country Um, and the personal ownership of vehicles. I think it's going to come down to uh, you know, they're going to use climate change as the, as the reason for um, people not being allowed to own vehicles. You have to lease your vehicle now, and it must be an electric car. And, and yada 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 and and they're not going to uh, and it's all going to be under the guise of climate change and um and if you haven't noticed the whole all the climate change rhetoric has just been ratcheted up since covid went away and uh and that's something that um i mean we we already knew that was going to happen because A CNN producer got caught in Project Veritas saying that once COVID was done, they were going to ratchet up the rhetoric on on climate change. And guess what? It's what's happening. And I said this before, and I'll say it again. When the bad guys are telling you what they're going to do and they do it, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's a conspiracy. (laughs) And we should start believing them when they tell us what they're going to do because they
0: do it. Yeah, well, I mean, for those of you who have, well, we are going down a rabbit hole, but I mean, for those of you who think this rabbit hole about the private ownership is a conspiracy theory, well, just read The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab. Who's that? Oh, yeah, that's the guy that leads the World Economic Forum who says you will own nothing and you will be happy. And... In that book, The Great Reset, it's laid out that you will that, yeah, you will not own a vehicle. You will be on a permanent lease to from, from the government. You will not own homes because they will they will have ownership of your home. So so yeah, just take a look at the great reset and then you'll realize that, yeah, we're not being conspiracy theorists here. No. But uh, but yeah, I think you're on to something with the gun ban. I mean, it's just a matter of what's next. And this the really scummy way that the government brought this ban about. Where they they snuck in yet one more order in council after committees had done third reading of uh, Bill C-21. So this amendment is an order in council, so it wasn't debated. And so now the conservatives, well, they may just have to filibuster in committee, so at least they can drag this out a little bit. But I have to say, I agree with you. It's just a matter of okay, so. Now it's semi-automatics. And even now some of the uh, the uh, gun owners' organizations like Canadians uh, Canadian Sh- Sports, Shooting Sports Association, uh, Tony Bernardo even said that there's no actual logic behind this gun ban. And even he says, yep, yeah, I think they're just going to go up for all-right confiscation of all guns, even though, and now the chief of police are saying, um, yeah, when we said it was 87%, no, it's actually more like 100% of gangbanger shootings are actually smuggled illegal weapons from the states. Not 87%, 100%. So yeah. this is just Trudeau trying to score political points in downtown Toronto and downtown Vancouver, where 99% of the people aren't likely are not firearms owners. and. Likely have never even seen nor touched a firearm.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And the and the thing is is, and I've talked about this before. I went to when I went to Vegas earlier this month. I got to shoot a whole host of guns at the gun range there, um, everything from a Sig Sauer nine millimeter handgun to uh, an AK forty seven to Uh, an ar-15 um to a 338 sniper rifle and a 50 cal sniper rifle and those every single gun i shot that day every single one is part of a ban here in canada and I spent three hours of the range shooting all those guns and not once did I, did I commit a mass shooting. Um, it, these bans are so ridiculous because you know what they do, what they're doing by banning, you know, they started two years ago with banning the AR-15 and the, you know, the, the uh, Ruger mini 14 and, and all of these other guns, they started off with banning these guns when in, in Canadian history. And I, and I think I've brought this stat up on the show before, do you know how many people in Canadian history were ever shot and killed by someone using an AR-15? Ooh, 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 ooh.
0: I know, I know.
1: One. Yes, one. Now, was that AR-15 a legally purchased rifle in Canada or was it a smuggled illegal
0: rifle from the US? Well, I'm gonna guess. Now I don't know this for sure, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it was smuggled from the US. You're right. Whoa! And it
1: and was it used by a licensed, a licensed RCMP vetted? firearms owner or was it used by a gang member in a drive-by shooting in Vancouver
0: I'm gonna call a friend but we're gonna go with a gang banger in a drive-by shooting yes you've got it again
1: Woo-hoo! and so it was an illegally smuggled AR-15 from the U.S. used by a gangbanger in a drive-by shooting and that's the only person in Canadian history who has ever been killed by someone using an AR-15 and AR-15s were legal rifles in Canada for 45 years.
0: Yeah, crazy, isn't and,
1: it? And they and they all get banned for no reason at all. And it's because they're scary looking or because it's the it's the gun of choice for mass shooters in the US. And it's like the thing is is that we haven't had a mass shooting. I think since um, École Polytechnique in Montreal in 1989, I don't think we have had a mass shooting in Canada where the shooter used a a legal, illegally purchased rifle, and the shooter was a licensed RCMP vetted uh, firearms owner. Those, nope. like the Nova Scotia shooting, that guy was banned from owning guns in Canada. And so he smuggled his guns in from the U.S. to commit that atrocity. Our laws were working as they were. And the, and the proof of that is the Nova Scotia shooter. The fact that he couldn't even get guns in Canada, he had to go to the U.S. and, and buy them illegally and smuggle them back across the border. That's that is proof of our gun laws working. That what it what it also proves is that our border security sucks. And so our gun laws worked, our border security didn't. So what's the answer? Let's ban all the guns. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, see, it doesn't make any sense. And and what these bans are telling us is that the liberals believe that it's the guns that control the owners because you're allowed to own an AR-15, but you're, or you're not allowed to own an AR-15, but you're allowed to own a bolt action 300 wind mag. And a 300 wind mag uses a bullet cartridge. That's about twice the size of a, of a, of a 223 that's used in a, um, in an AR 15. Um, but if you own an AR 15, by the liberal and Justin Trudeau's logic, is that if you own an AR 15, then you run a very, very high risk of uh, shooting some place up um, because apparently. The AR-15 makes you want to do that, but a hunting rifle does not. Like it's such a ridiculous notion that that licensed firearms owners don't have a brain of our own that we can't make these decisions on our own. We look at our we look at a black a black rifle and go, "Ooh, I gotta shoot something up." Um, <laughs> no, that's not what happens. And, and besides, I mean. As a restricted licensee, such as myself and you, um, our names are run through the RCMP database every 24 hours. We are RCMP vetted every single day of the year. And what they're saying is that RCMP vetted uh, status means nothing. Our training means nothing. The fact that we passed tests means nothing. Um, the fact that if we commit a crime, our guns all get taken away. And because of that rule, which is a good rule, but because of that rule, are, you know, legally licensed firearms owners in Canada are, and this is the government's own stat, are 300% less likely to commit a crime in this country than people who do not own firearms. That is a legitimate real stat. And all they're going to do is turn a whole bunch of legally uh, licensed firearms owners into illegal firearms owners um, by doing this. And it's it's unbelievable, it's wrong, and it should be stopped. And people who don't own firearms should be standing up for those who do, because once they're done with guns, they're coming after something you, you, you own and something you like.
0: Well, eventually, yeah. Well, actually, speaking of that, I like my free speech, and now Bill C-11 is getting uh, well, fast-tracked through. Pablo Rodriguez, our heritage minister, wants to uh, rush this, this bill through and has just now admitted, oh yeah, by the way, big tech companies will indeed have to tweak their algorithms in order to suppress some content and to promote Canadian content. Now, he tried to lay out a couple of different scenarios where that would be the case, for example, advertising. But even some people people in the tech industry say, well, we can't just make it about ads. It's going to have to be about content in order to promote that Canadian content. But the rules defining Canadian content are so screwed up that this is just going to make a mess, period. Yeah, this is... um...
1: I thought they said they weren't going to do that. They lied. Oh, you mean like they lied about when they said that they weren't coming after hunting rifles and shotguns?
0: Yeah. So um, what they've done with the Canadian content rules is you have to have, you and I might not pass Canadian content because we wouldn't apply for it, but we'd have to be, be, your content needs to be produced by Canadians in Canada, utilizing... Canadian hardware and so I guess you and I would be okay if we were to uh, apply to be considered Canadian content but you said Canadian hardware right and I guess Canada doesn't doesn't make hardware well that's true and see Brian Adams when he recorded that song for the movie Robin Hood everything I do I do for you yeah. that was that was apparently not to be considered Canadian content because it was recorded in the states in an American studio and the song was co-written by somebody who was not Canadian so Brian Adams was the only Canadian part of this 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 song by their definitions so yeah. that song is not Canadian content and it's really dumb the way they draw those lines so I think once C11 goes through, you're going to have a whole bunch of people like JJ McCullough, for example, who is very popular on YouTube um, possibly being suppressed or passed over just in case he may have recorded a video that wasn't in Canada. And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And we already know that of course they're going to tech companies as it is tend to suppress conservative content just as a matter of course. So, I really am afraid of what's going to happen if this gets jammed through the way it is right now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've read that there are a lot of Canadian uh, content producers for YouTube, Instagram, uh, whatever, any of these TikTok, whatever, these influencers who I, I don't know who the hell they are. I mean, they they don't influence me, um, but these influencers with air quotes and Canadian Canadian content creators have all said that they're not even going to apply for Canadian content um status because it's it's actually quite an erroneous process and it's uh it's a it's it's a real pain to do and uh and really they make most of their money in the states anyway they don't make their money from Canadian viewers and make it from American viewers because the Canadian market is so small that you actually, if you're making stuff, <laughs> you and I know this, if you're making stuff for Canadians, if you're making content for Canadians specifically, you are not going to make a
0: living at it. No, well, that's and, true. So you're, you're going to see CBC all over the airwaves because that, that's going to be all that qualifies Canadian content.
1: Yeah yeah pretty much
0: well can't wait
1: (laughs) yeah and like we said this is the first step to taking away our our uh our freedom of speech um so i mean there's because i mean the next one that they want to pass after this and they've already said they want to fast track it too is uh is the actual internet censorship bill
0: Right, yeah, the online harms. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, so from freedom of speech to freedom in general, Danielle Smith continues to impress me. She is not backing down on anything she campaigned on. She, now that she is in the legislature, she's uh, sworn in MLA and sworn in as premier, obviously. She's decided that she's made it legislation that there will be no mask mandates in Alberta schools. And last week, you kind of inadvertently touched on that subject when you had said, hey, I wasn't feeling well. So I went to the grocery store wearing a mask. But you chose to do it. Well, Danielle Smith critics are absolutely livid because this is flu season. There's viruses going around. You should be mandating masks in, in, in schools. And Danielle Smith just said what you did. If anybody wants to wear a mask, go right ahead. And yet again, I'm right behind her on this one.
1: Yeah, I am too. I mean, it's it, the the thing with it's really funny because uh, every time I open up my uh, my Google News feed, I'm seeing articles from the Calgary Herald, from the Globe and Mail, um, the Edmonton Journal, uh, all these more left-wing newspapers and they're just doing everything they possibly can to discredit Danielle Smith bringing up things that she said on her uh, radio show um years ago uh you know things that I mean like things she said as a young woman um people are allowed to change their mind by the way uh, if you don't change your mind, you're not growing. You're not learning anything. Um, I have changed my mind about several issues over the years, and it's because I've gotten a different perspective or I have been exposed to different facts or real facts or whatever about what it is that I had an opinion on in the first place. Um, you know, and I'll use, for example, the safe injection site in Vancouver. Um, As, as one thing I changed my mind on when it originally opened, I thought that was nuts and crazy. Uh, A few years later, I thought, Oh, maybe it's, maybe it's not such, not such a bad idea. They're claiming that they've, that they've uh, helped thousands of people get off uh, drugs entirely and all this. And I thought, Oh, that's great. And then I learned about the facts. And the facts are that it creates bigger problems than it solves. So now I'm against it. And uh, and so when someone like Danielle Smith says something when she was 25 and she's now, I believe she's closing in on 50. She is 50. Yep. She is 50. Um, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to have different. Uh, uh, opinions or viewpoints than you did when you were young because when we were young we were dumb and and we say and we said stupid things who hasn't said things they regret saying who hasn't said things publicly that they wish they hadn't because now they feel differently um it's you're allowed to change your mind and she said things before that she doesn't believe now which is fine she's allowed to do that but you know the liberals in the left believe that once you've said something it should be carved in stone um and that's why you know they go after people and try to cancel them for things that were said when they were 15 years old um and, uh, and that's what they're trying to do to Danielle Smith. I mean, I have a, my, my wife has a, a, a family member that lives in Calgary and she is a dyed in the wool liberal and she just hates Danielle Smith. She hates her. She's the devil. And she hates, she hated Jason Kenny and she hated Ralph Klein and she hated everybody. She loved Rachel Notley, but she hated everybody else. Everybody else <laughs> is just buying votes. And Daniel Smith is just buying votes. And, you know, it's like, do I like the, the whole $600 per child and per senior uh, plan? I don't. I, I don't think it's a good idea is all it's doing is adding more more money into the the system which is going to cause inflation uh problems i don't think it's a good move by danielle smith um but i do totally stand by her with the uh ban on mask mandates um i stand by her with her on a lot of things including um trying just trying to get the same rights that quebec has and That is something every province in this country should be striving for and should be demanding.
0: Yep, absolutely right. And really what I like about her most is I don't know if she necessarily campaigned on exactly no more mask mandates in schools, but at least she's following through with the things she campaigned on. She is on a theme of personal responsibility, freedom, and she's sticking to it. I mean in, and you, you know this and Canada, you know, our regular listeners know this too. once the liberal media and the mainstream media starts attacking you hard, you know you're over the target. And in her case, yeah, she is over the target. She is actually striking a nerve in a good way with people. and they hate that because they love control and they can't control Danielle Smith. She's actually, A woman of the people and she's not afraid to admit it it's awesome
1: yeah no absolutely yeah i mean she's not going to do everything i agree with like i said she's already done that handout that i don't like um because you know i mean that the, the what caused the inflationary problems in this country in the first place is just being exacerbated by this handout um yeah. but but there's but there's so many other things that she's done so far that i agree with and i support her on that i wish my own premier would do and say
0: um oh. yeah absolutely, absolutely right
1: yeah because i mean bc has we officially have a new premier as well right and that's david eby and um he's come out swinging um in his first day in office, he—I mean—he made some big changes. Obviously, he did not like what John Horgan was doing or not doing. Um, but uh, but his solution to the homeless problem is to double down on what they're doing now, which is a failed policy. So it's it's uh, it's not going to work. It's going to make things worse. And um, and I mean, like we we you know Penticton right now is experiencing a just rash of break-ins and uh and criminal activity like it's it's really really bad like it's we we just we don't we don't recognize this place anymore and it's changing rapidly and and so I mean a, a premier like Daniel Smith who's doing something different for once um is refreshing yeah, for sure.
0: And uh, well, and what's not refreshing is the public order emergency inquiry, six weeks of testimony wrapped up. And this past week saw Justin Trudeau and most of his cabinet ministers, Katie Telford was another one who had testified, as well as the clerk of the Privy Council, Justin Trudeau, security advisor, and um, head of CSIS. Yeah, David Vigil, that's the one I was looking for. And I loved his testimony to start the week when he said, well, we didn't meet the criteria for the Emergencies Act, but I told the government that. And then I said, yeah, maybe they should use it anyway, because I knew they wanted to. I was like, okay, how exactly does that meet the threshold for the Emergencies Act? Because, quote, I know the government wanted to use it. Yeah. uh...
1: No, I, I, uh, there was a lot of testimony this week that was um, a little surprising. <laughs> That's um, a really wild way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I. It's funny because if you read the Globe and Mail, there's nothing to see here. Um, but I think there was a lot of testimony that was very telling. Um, every... Every minister, every head of police, every the 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 head of CSIS, uh, the just everybody, all admitted that they did not meet the require the 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 uh, um, the requirements set out by the Emergencies Act itself. Um, that it needed cesus it had to meet certain criteria under cesus cesus admitted that it didn't meet that criteria um everybody admitted that it didn't meet the the criteria set out by the act itself but they still felt that it met the criteria to use it like that yeah. that's that is that that is um, that's the most surprising testimony i heard was everybody saying no it didn't meet the legal criteria but it met our criteria and and even justin trudeau like okay i'm sorry there was testimony that justin trudeau gave that i i was really disappointed in the lawyer that was questioning him because the lawyer that was questioning him did not did not uh, seize the opportunity to show what a fricking liar he was. And that was when this uh, lawyer, I can't remember her name. I don't remember who she represented, but she questioned him and said, uh, basically, would you agree with me that you were briefed on the agreement between the mayor of Ottawa and the convoy leadership at your meeting on Sunday, February 13th. And his answer was, that is not my recollection. That is not how I remember the meeting. And she said, were you briefed about this agreement? And he said, what agreement would that be? And she said the agreement between the mayor of Ottawa and the trucker or and the leadership. And he says, the leadership of what? (laughs) And she says the leadership of the convoy, the trucker convoy. And he says, no, we were not briefed on that. Uh, And she said, "Uh, well, we've had testimony from other from other uh from your ministers and from other uh people we have documents showing that you were uh briefed on this agreement and he said what agreement would that be oh my god (laughs) and and so then when then she said uh she said or he she asked him another question and he went into a more in-depth answer where he says well we were we were briefed that the agreement between the uh the between the city of ottawa and the and the convoy was breaking down and she said oh when do when were you briefed on that and he said at our meeting on february 13th (laughs) and she didn't she didn't she didn't like Seized that opportunity. She just moved on to the next question. And I was like, wait a minute. He just said they were not briefed on that agreement. And now he's saying that they were briefed on it. Yeah. And it was literally 30 seconds apart. And she didn't seize on that and go, you just told me you weren't briefed on it. Right. Like, it was it was such an opportunity lost the the lawyer for the for the convoy was a loose cannon i mean he got kicked out of the of the pro of of the uh uh of the uh, um inquiry earlier this week because of an outburst and and uh and, you know, making allegations that, I mean, they're kind of the same allegations we made on this show back when it happened. And that was that the guy carrying the Nazi flag was actually a, uh, uh, someone hired by the liberals. Um, but he was making this allegation in the middle of the, of the inquiry and got himself kicked out because that isn't what they were there to talk about. Um, and uh, and instead of questioning the Prime Minister, half his time was spent reading emails from anti, like what they called in the Global Mail, anti-vaxxers, um, to get them on record. Instead of questioning the Prime Minister, like, get your head out of your ass. You've got this opportunity to nail the prime minister to the wall and instead you read emails into the record into the public record instead of questioning the prime minister
0: yeah and that prime minister actually lied a second time when uh questioned by i think it was that same lady who was representing uh, god i want to say it's a civil liberties association but at any rate when she was asking him out, did you refer to the unvaccinated as racist, misogynist, etc? And no, I did not, he said. Now, uh, I don't speak French, Louis, so you're going to have to help me out here. In that very publicized uh, interview in Tout Le Monde en Parle, which you watched and I watched, and I saw a translated version of it, when he referred to people who are unvaccinated as usually they are racist, misogynist, etc. Was, that, was he being mistranslated or did he actually say that on Thulemon Don Parle?
1: Uh, no, he actually said that and it was translated perfectly. He said that uh, the unvaccinated are, are typically or mostly anti-science, uh, misogynistic and racist. And his now infamous line We should ask ourselves: Do we tolerate these people?
0: Yes, but uh, oh, he must have experienced that his own speech differently because suddenly, when he was on the stand on Friday, he did not say that apparently. And again, nothing's going to come of it. And and you had said this right from the start that there's no consequences for lying under oath in this inquiry because there's no. this isn't an inquiry to charge anybody. This is just a fact finding mission. So, yeah, he gets to lie on the stand and he's going to skate again. Yeah, it's not, it's not
1: a, uh, it's not a, uh, a court of law. So, anything, any lying, any of that is not punishable by, um, uh any like perjury laws or anything like that um i mean i gotta give him credit he actually showed up um and spent five and a half hours on the stand he did not have to show up because it again like i said it is not punishable by law for not showing up to a committee hearing um it's and i and i'll be the thing, the thing is, Trudeau did uh, testify with composure. Yes, he lied a lot. Yes, he direct he he contradicted himself within thirty seconds of of saying something else uh, on a number of occasions. Um, but he did do himself. A, you know a, a favor and that he made himself actually look reasonably well um, to anybody who wants to believe that he did the right thing that day um, if you wanted to believe that Trudeau did the right thing then you're going to come out of this believing he did do the right thing um, but if you went into it without bias which I think at this point is pretty much impossible. Um, if you went into it wanting to know the facts, then I think you come out of this knowing that they did not meet the legal threshold to enact the Emergencies Act. They did not. They've admitted it, and they multiple people admitted it. Um, and the uh, and the justice Justice uh, Rouleau, is it? Correct. Yeah, Justice Rouleau, Um He himself was getting very frustrated with uh, with the liberal testimony. Um, he would question them himself and not get straight answers. Uh, I mean, um, what's his name? The uh, the Attorney General. Um, David Lametti. David Lametti what a tool that guy is
0: um how many tanks can we get from anita oh, 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 i'm just joking no you're not yeah um he uh,
1: for a number of questions his answer was i am the government's lawyer and that is client lawyer confidentiality and I cannot answer that and the judge asked him some questions to which his answer was that falls under client privilege, or client uh, lawyer privilege. And you'd think that, you know, the justice, he would know what falls under that. And he was getting very frustrated with Lametti's answers, and la- or lack of answers. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know that this is actually going to go the way the Liberals want. Um, Because when you have everybody admitting that it didn't meet the legal threshold, then it didn't meet the legal threshold. And if and if the your handpicked justice, the the judge that you yourself picked to judge you (laughs) as stupid as that is in this country, that the person being investigated picks the person to do the investigating. is getting frustrated with you and is getting upset with you because you're not answering things properly. Um, this might not be going your way. Yeah. And when you and when you pick the investigator and this is happening, that's not a good sign.
0: <laughs> yeah, like could be sponsorship
1: scandal all over
0: again. So
1: yeah, and and the thing is, is that the um, this is, I mean, you you uh, you had a theory that you presented to me before the show, and that that you think that these gun bans, the uh, the C eleven for the internet um, Canadian content laws, uh, this this uh, inquiry. All of this—it's all culminating with one thing. Right? It's all coming to uh, to a head for one thing.
0: Yep, and I—and uh, that's—that is a spring election. Justin Trudeau can even Justin Trudeau, as dumb as he is, can see that his poll numbers aren't getting any better. That inflation is going to be around for probably about two more years, and that's even with the Bank of Canada governor. Who is looking completely incompetent at this point in time, admitting yep. he was wrong, et cetera. And I think that Justin Trudeau is going to look at this and say, okay, here's the positives. I've made Canada safe by getting guns off the streets. And look, I, I come out clean because it turns out we were right to use the Emergency Act, which is, I think, what he's hoping that the inquiry will find. Yeah. And I think he's going to call us an election for the spring because. As he the further into his mandate he goes, the worse it's going to get for him. And I think, well, actually, I can't say he sees the writing on the wall because he's too dumb. But I think his people around him are probably saying to him, "Look, it's now or never, buddy."
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I mean, we, I don't know,
0: we're always wrong.
1: And We're always wrong when it comes to Trudeau, right? Like we're right so much of the time about most things. But when it comes to Trudeau, we are wrong a hundred percent of the time. (laughs) He never does what we think he's going to do. He never loses when, when he should lose. He, you know, every time we make a prediction about this guy, it's wrong.
0: Yeah. So I, uh, so I'm going to start predicting
1: it, things. I'm, I'm going to predict that he's going to win the next election. I'm going to predict that he's going to be found, uh, uh, you know, that this inquiry is going to find that he was justified. Uh, I'm going to predict um, that Justin Trudeau is the greatest prime minister in the history of this country. <laughs> um, I'm going to predict all kinds of things because I'm always wrong about him. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully my predictions are not true.
0: there we go so uh that's a good place to wrap the show trudeau lies lewis lies
1: (laughs) oh man see i am
0: um, i am gonna stand by um, that right now anyway in my prediction of a spring election but of course i will be proven wrong in the spring but uh (laughs) maybe just maybe this will be the time i'm not but uh
1: I hope I hope you're right because we need to get rid of this. Well, we, we really,
0: yeah. So uh, we'll wrap it up there, Canada. Uh, we do want to thank you for joining us, and until next week, it is Tony in Saskatchewan
1: and Lewis out here in BC. Good, Good night. night, Canada. Chris and Tony.